Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and it's mailbag time. We are getting into some of your questions now that a little bit of the free agency dust has settled. We're going to answer which of RJ, IQ, and Grimes we think is most likely to be on the team by October and most likely to be on the team by this time next year. We answer if RJ or Julius Randle would make a better third option on a championship team, and we'll decide who needs to have a better FIBA World Championships this year, Jalen Brunson or R.J. Barrett. Coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Of course, make sure to hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto-download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and you can become an everydayer. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And he's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster, favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And we are taking questions from you guys. Uh, so if you haven't already, be sure to check it out on Twitter, or perhaps we ought to get on threads soon. <laughs> but for now, check it out on Twitter, or we're also going to make a, a YouTube community post if you want to comment on there, if you have any questions to ask us. Uh, but we have some questions to start with for today. First one comes from our good buddy, Yuram Lakaj at Lakaj on Twitter. Yuram wants to know between RJ, IQ, and Grimes, who will be on the roster in October if Emmanuel Quickly is still a Nick? Will they extend him? And what are the chances all three are Knicks by this time next year? Gavin, uh, it's sort of a two-parter. But as far as the first part, I guess, uh, who's still going to be on the roster in October, do you think? And will the Knicks extend Emmanuel Quickly? Yeah, um, interesting question. We've gotten a whole bunch of different reports um, in recent days. Um, I think it was Fred Katz who had that the Knicks, like even even this offseason, have considered moving off of Emmanuel quickly. Um, we had one from Mike Scotto today that the initial package in that Paul George trade was Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and three first-round picks. Then it pivoted into RJ Grimes, Fournier, and three first-round picks. Obviously, the Knicks did not end up doing that. Um, they obviously have not moved Emmanuel quickly, but it feels like all these guys are in the discussion. And there's this collective sense out there that the roster movement is not quite done yet for the New York Knicks. This team isn't quite finalized. I think I'm going to push back against that, Alex. I, I think the odds are things stay the same because this front office has consistently, if anything, overvalued their players, not undervalued their players. And for them to make a move, I think it would have to be a decisive one on a clear cut upgrade when you talk about this young core of quickly Grimes and Barrett. So my bet is for now, for the time being, come the start of the season, all three of those guys are still on the team. What do you think about it? I think so too. I think the only player that maybe could shake that up uh, would be a guy that you talked, I believe with Howard Beck about uh, in today's episode, Joel Embiid. Uh, maybe that's the guy that would make the Knicks just say, you know what? He's the one we got to make the all in offer for, but would the Sixers then want Julius Randle back? I guess it would depend on if Maury would be okay with fully just 
blowing it up at that point or what? Um, granted, they also don't have to trade Joel Embiid, even if they trade James Harden and he becomes unhappy. So that's a whole other thing. And they might try to do the same thing that the that the Jazz did to the Knicks last year, having a star under a relatively long-term contract still and just say to the Knicks, well, like the price is the price because we don't have to trade him. And then the Knicks would just say, as you said, I think, well, okay, <laughs> then we just won't trade for that guy. And I think I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to unless the star market really resets itself in a big way, which I think we're seeing it start to. But I think that like maybe the price of Damian Lillard is going to be the one that sort of gives the Knicks this new baseline that they can say, hey, that's what Lillard went for. So like, and he just had arguably the best year of his career this past year, even if the, the trailblazers weren't that good. So that's the price for a star now. So now that's that's what we want to pay. No more of this like two, three young players plus three, four draft picks. Like that's yesterday's price. Today's price is different. Um, so I think that's that's my general thought there. If I was going to handicap which guy I think is least likely to be on the team by October, I think it would be RJ Barrett. And I think that's mm. just because he has the most tradable salary and he has the most obvious usage spot to fill. And he, he is less useful without being a higher usage player. I think he's not like Quentin Grimes or Emmanuel quickly, where you could be like, Hey, you're just going to be a spot up guy for large swaths of the game. I think the RJ is more useful with the ball in his hands. So I, I think for two reasons, salary and just, overall team construction he would be the guy that i think would be most likely to be out of here by october um i'll also just say briefly i think that they will extend iq before the season uh and then i think the chances that all three of those guys are on the team by this time next year i don't know is it crazy if i say like 50 percent? i don't know is that is that like a like a cop out to say 50 50 yeah so i think that's a little high for you so i want to clarify something um fred katz noted that the knicks tried to shop Emmanuel quickly um, in, in the fall of last season, not this summer, but he did note, um, this is a quote I said on yesterday's podcast, but it's so rich. I'll say it again. It's so relevant to this question. League sources told the athletic that New York has contacted multiple rival front offices this season with a similar objective. The Knicks have built packages around their promising young players to target prime age veterans. They believe would help the current roster. Um, to me, that almost suggests that they're willing to do a non-star trade. And maybe just trade Emmanuel quickly, Quinn Grimes for like, I don't know who these guys would be around the league. Like, like on, on paper, something like an art, like maybe not the best example because he's probably not totally healthy going to next year, but an RJ Barrett for Chris Middleton, like not that the Bucks would ever do that, but that is just the kind of example where you're trading out a younger version of a guy for someone who is more polished and more ready to help the team win now. So there could be more of an urgency there. Alex, and you and I are imagining, I don't think that kind of deal ends up happening before the season. I think if it was going to, it probably already would have. Um, but as far as next season, I think one of those guys is almost certainly gone, whether it's before this trade deadline, whether it's early next summer, I think the Knicks are going to make that all in star move, or at least that like partial upgrade move, like something like an RJ Barrett for an OG Ananobi type of trade. Um, in terms of handicapping it, I, I think I generally agree with what you just said. Um, it's an interesting conversation between all three of those guys. To me, I would say Emmanuel quickly is the most likely one to be dealt just because as we noted, the Knicks have already shopped him. And I don't think they see a world where him and Jalen Brunson are starting long-term together. 
And I have a feeling if it hasn't happened now, it's going to happen sometime down the road that Emmanuel quickly just flat out wants to be a starter in this league. It's an interesting conversation between him and Grimes, who's right now quickly is clearly the better player between the two, while Grimes is clearly the better fit with Jalen Brunson. And to me, which one of those guys gets dealt is ultimately going to come down to how much Brunson can expand his offensive game. Is he better off the dribble? Is he more of a creator? Can he um, create his own three-pointers? Like all those factors and him becoming a little bit more quickly-ish, for lack of a better term offensively, Alex, is going to determine which one of those guys is dealt. I kind of think they might consider RJ the most valuable of those three. Granted, to your point, like in a star trade, he's clearly the one who is most logically replaced. But if they make more of an on-the-margins move just to kind of get more mature, someone more ready for playoff battles, like, I don't know, is there anything to the idea that the Knicks might value more than those other guys? Or or do you think it's it's clearly like RJ first, then quickly and grimes? I think it's probably, I mean, I, I think it depends on how you define value, right? Like, I think that they probably value RJ more as a piece that you sell to a team that's about to go into a rebuild and say, this is a guy who has shown that he can potentially, like, carry your offense or whatever and soak up all that usage that you need soaked up when your team is going to need someone to take the shots. And, and you know, he's getting better every year and, and he has, you know, he's not a selfish player most of the time, you know, like he's going to try to get your other guys involved. Like he's, he's potentially a star, you know, in the, in the right environment. And if development, you know, goes the right way, he's just not quite there yet. Um, whereas I think that quickly and Grimes, even other teams would probably look at them and say, these guys are like really, really good pieces that even a rebuilding team, of course, would not say no to, but I, I don't know if, I mean, I would say quickly is ahead of Grimes in this regard, but I don't know if other teams would look at them versus RJ Barrett and say like, this guy is more likely to potentially become like a high usage superstar. Now maybe some other teams agree with us that Emmanuel quickly has shown that, uh, which he did multiple times this year, particularly like in a couple really high profile national TV games, which always kind of raise your profile around the league. So uh, I, I don't know for sure, I, but I would I would think that both the Knicks and opposing teams would probably look at RJ Barrett and say like this guy is is the guy to go for as far yeah. as as far as a centerpiece for like a big star. But if they do go for someone like an Ananobi or something too, that would be intriguing. Now, of course, Masai would have to stop looking at Ananobi as and valuing him as if he's like prime Michael Jordan first, um, and stop expecting he's gonna get like three first round picks for OG Ananobi, because I don't think that that's gonna happen. Um, especially in this market, but you know, like an RJ for him straight up, if that could potentially be on the table would make me a little queasy because I don't really buy on an like that. Like that he has some untapped gear that he's going to turn to like some superstar in the middle of his career. Also, you um, have to pay him a lot more than RJ, but exactly. So next week. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It, it, that move would be interesting. I, I'm intrigued to see if that's something that the Knicks try to explore as this offseason goes on. If they feel like they feel the pressure, like they got to get something done. But I guess time yeah. will tell. I, I think the last thing I'll, I'll say on this, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure later in the offseason we're going to do an episode where we dive deep and rank all three of these guys. I think it's telling that in the playoffs, like on paper, right, RJ elevated his game the most not even on paper RJ did elevate his game the most relative to the regular season quickly was way worse than he was in the regular season Grimes at least from a shooting perspective was a bit worse than he was in the regular season and yet the impact stats scream that despite that 
quickly and Grimes are still the more important players for the Knicks. You could argue there's some noise in there. You could argue what RJ did from a scoring and playmaking perspective was so essential that you could you could maybe take those with a grain of salt. But I, I think I think those things are telling in terms of who the Knicks should keep going forward. Um, when we come back, uh, maybe some more RJ slander. Uh, are him or Randall more equipped to be the third best player on a championship team? But before we do that, and and maybe maybe you're going to need some therapy after after listening to that question and us talking about trading our baby boys. Um, but we have to tell you about BetterHelp. Is this show is sponsored by BetterHelp? If you're thinking of starting therapy, it's a great idea to give BetterHelp a try. Personally, I really benefited from therapy in my life. It is an incredible tool to boost self awareness, which I think is one of the most valuable things a person can have. Help you discover your weaknesses. Help you discover. Um, negative thoughts that are holding you back and, and, and deconstruct them and, and make them a little bit easier to handle. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. All right, uh, let's get into segment number two here. We are answering a question from the legend, the mailbag MVP, Jordan Bub at Bub Jordan, and he wants to know who has a better chance at being the third best player on a championship roster, Randall or RJ, and explain why. Alex, floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, so I could see your I, I know your notes here, so I know like what you're gonna say. And unfortunately, it's basically my thought, but I'll leave you made some really great comparisons to other guys that I'll leave to you. Uh, but I think it's Randall. Um and you know, some people might scoff at that. I don't know, be like, oh, he doesn't perform in the playoffs. I still don't think we necessarily know what the jury is on Randall in the playoffs because The first year, he was smothered by the Hawks. And honestly, it was a great game plan. I think that he was done no help by Tibbs as far as the Knicks game plan because they were so reliant on Randall the whole season. And then all of a sudden, the Hawks were just like, we're only going to focus on Julius Randall in this series. And then this past season, obviously, we saw he played on a bum ankle and then had to get surgery on it like a week after the season. Uh, So that kind of tells you like he was playing through a lot of pain this year. I think if you look at his skill set, particularly how he played this year, he played in a way that is much more conducive to playing with playing off of two other stars, I guess, uh, than I think RJ. And it mostly comes down to the shooting. For one thing, the fact that he actually gets some respect shooting the ball, uh, which RJ just still doesn't seem to quite have yet. Like he doesn't draw guys out as much as Randall does. Uh, He's able to get up more volume and be, a little more consistent with it. So like he'll hit like 35% of his threes on like eight attempts, which is good because he's at least like keeping the defense honest that way. And defenses have now seen multiple times. Like if this guy gets hot, like we're screwed Um, because you know, he'll, he'll hit five threes in a first quarter and all of a sudden the Knicks are up by like 15 points. Uh, And they still have Jalen Brunson, who's more than capable of pouring in points himself. So um, I think for that reason, Plus the fact that I think that his offensive rebounding and second chance points are really valuable to play alongside two other stars. Um, I think his defense when he's as engaged as he can be is better than RJ at this point. Uh, As far as, you know, their, their ability to just like shut someone down. 
Uh, team defense, I think they're roughly equal. It's just to say I don't think either of them is like the best at team defense or like reading the rest of the floor other than their own man. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's Randall. I and I you know it, that comes with the caveat of Randall's like six years older than RJ. Uh, so you would hope so. He's in the prime of his career. RJ is still scratching the surface, hopefully. So maybe that changes. But as of right this second, I, I could very much more easily see Julius Randle being that guy. Yeah, I, I full transparency. I wrote down RJ initially and then ended up changing mine the more I thought about it because my, my initial instinct was like, all right, who who is the person who could accept that more? And I thought maybe it's honestly Randall because RJ has kind of had to be the third guy already for two seasons. Well, all right, maybe maybe just one season running with Brunson, but um, like like there have been a lot of games, a lot of situations where he's had to take a step back because he's been cold and he's gotten those reps. But you know, it so did Randall early in his career. Now he's turned into someone second team All NBA, and like he can rightfully say, um, in almost any context, that he's deserving of touches and shots. And it's kind of an open question which of those two guys would be willing to take the sacrifice. But I, I think for me, it, it like kind of clarifying it was looking back like on just like the last decade of NBA basketball and who some of the third best players. We're on championship teams. Aaron Gordon, just an elite glue guy, right? Like like rebounding, passing defense um, with a little bit of shot making, a little bit of athleticism at the rim. Clay Thompson, just all-time great shooter um, before the ACL and Achilles injury. Awesome um, all-defensive team caliber defender. Draymond Green, one of the best defenders ever. Chris Middleton, like special shot maker and a good defender. Pascal Siakam um, and Kevin Love were the last two I had. And those two were kind of the ones that convinced me of Julius Randle because I, I think they're the most analogous to his game. Um, maybe maybe some of our very young audience won't remember this, but most of you watching will remember Kevin Love in Minnesota was was pretty an equivalent to what Randle is now. Like you could argue offensively he was even better, like would consistently throw up, I think against the Knicks, he had a 30 and 20 game, maybe a 30 and 30 game one time. Like he, he was a monster, uh, took a big, big step back when he went to play with Kyrie and LeBron. Siakam on that team with Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, still a little bit on the younger end, so different than Julius in that sense. Like you wonder now if he would be willing to take that role. But in terms of a mold of guy, like what Siakam did in particular, I, I could see Randall doing. Like in a world where the Knicks got a Paul George or a Joel Embiid or or just some kind of star wing, even even a Devin Booker type guy, which is kind of fill in scoring, like have maybe one or two games in a final series where you actually lead your team in scoring, provide some spacing, lean into defense, lean into passing. It would be a tough adjustment for Randall. But Alex, to me, the key differentiator is, is like he has that stuff in his bag. RJ, we saw a little bit of it in the playoffs, but we don't know if he can do that stuff on a championship level yet. Yeah, I, I you know, it all just comes down to who's ready at this stage in their career. And like, like I said, I don't think it's a knock on RJ. Just like, I don't think it's a knock on R. Like, it's anything. It was a compliment in the last segment to say, like, you know, RJ might be the one that's most likely traded because he clearly has the, you know, the, the potential to become this sort of guy. But I, I'm just not there yet as far as thinking that he has the the self creation ability that Randall has. And I'm starting at this point because now we've seen four years of him to to question like. You know, and and to be clear, this isn't a a like absolute necessity, but like, is he ever going to be a guy that can, you know, create his own shot in the crunch? You know, like, can he create a three pointer out of nowhere if he needs to? And we know that Randall can do that, and we've seen him at least in the regular season, especially this year, hit some really clutch shots that way. Um, you know, I I just think that he's 
yeah, it, pretty simply. I and mean, he's just the better player right now. I and mean, he was second team all NBA. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of what we've seen from him in the playoffs, one was bad circumstance. The other was an injury. Maybe I'll get proven wrong this year and someone will come back and be like, see, you said that Randall was, you said that Randall was better than he is, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, maybe that's the case. But as of right now, I just, I, I think that Randall has a better self to unlock in the playoffs. And I think they could be even further unlocked by having another really good player on the team. Yeah. I was just going to say, we, we both ripped Randall enough that we, we can pull up the receipts on either side um, to yeah. suit our arguments. So, so, so we'll, 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 talk five days a week, right? <laughs> perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be set either way, but um, we'll, we'll take one final break, come back. And uh, when we return uh, one more time with Jordan Bubb, um, answering some questions about FIBA, which is one of my favorite events ever. So I'm super excited to talk about it that next on Locked On Knicks. All right, the King, Jordan Bub, at Bub Jordan, throw our guy a follow because he is just one of the most loyal listeners of this podcast out there. Um, if the player balled out during the FIBA World Cup and brought their performance into the regular season, who would you want that player to be? RJ Barrett or Jalen Brunson? So I think th there, there is a long history of guys having monster outings with Team USA or, or, or a different country and that translating into a great regular season. It's a way to build confidence. It's a way to build momentum. It's a way that in the packing order of some of the best players in the world, you can steal some secrets, you can uh, mimic their work ethic, and it just seems to imbue guys with a different level of confidence heading into the next season. Um, I think R.J. Barrett's just more in need of that than, than Jalen Brunson is simply put. Like I think there's a world where Brunson is the best player on, on a U.S. team that wins FIBA and he comes into the season and, and makes like a dark horse MVP run. I, I might save that for our bold predictions episode with Nick's Film School, Alex. But to me, R.J. is the guy like coming off that playoffs. If he comes out and he, he's right there with SGA, Wiggins, whoever else ends up being on Team Canada, like as their alpha dog, I, I think we could see a different RJ in a really good way come next year. Yeah. I mean, the answer is obviously RJ. I, you know, I think the only, the only potential downside is if RJ like tires himself out, but I think that RJ in the past has said he prefers when he gets to do team Canada before the season, because it gets him, it, it like, you know, gets the gears turning faster and gets him, you know, ready to be in mid season form the second that the season starts. And he's had some slow starts. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess there's no way to know one way or the other because he pretty much starts slow almost every single year. <laughs> so, uh, starts slightly less slow, I guess. I don't know if if he does Team Canada, but I mean, he he needs that for sure. I mean, if he if he goes on that team, which Team Canada is quite frankly at full strength, pretty stacked. Like, I mean, they they've got a lot of talent on the the Canadian national team at this point, especially wing talent, uh, like wing and guard talent. So. I mean, if he's able to go and, and really stand out and, you know, become one of the alpha scorers on that team, that says a lot, you know, probably more so than like Jalen Brunson on. I mean, let's let's be completely honest here. Sort of Team USA's B team like the FIBAs are always the like thrown together roster, uh, you know, and then the the big time roster always shows out for the Olympics because USA pretty much is always guaranteed a spot in the Olympics, no matter what. So they don't really have to send like the A team to, to FIBA. Uh, that said, it will be great to see Brunson do a lot better than uh, team Celtics, team USA. The last time around at FIBA's hopefully uh, when they were one of the greatest embarrassments in USA basketball history. Um, so, you know, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to rooting for team USA, but I think from, from the perspective of Jordan's question, it's, 
it's RJ all the way because he's the guy. Jalen Brunson has nothing to prove right now. I mean, he he had a phenomenal playoffs. He proved that everybody's probably foolish for not making him an all-star, for not making him all-NBA during these playoffs as he absolutely carried the Knicks all playoffs. Um, so, you know, he, he doesn't have anything to prove. But RJ, I think, has has more to prove and, and has more to gain from potentially, you know, standing out more in, in the, the FIBAs. Yeah, I, I think we only really ever talk about this with Emmanuel quickly. And I could see a world where if he got better, we would start talking about it with Quinn Grimes. We talked about it with Obi Toppin until he was traded. But is there a world where RJ building off that playoffs, right? And, and Jamal Murray was the other uh, big team candidate I, guy I forgot. But like he is a monster, monster FIBA. Like he leads into the gold medal game. He, he replicates his effort in, in juniors where he single-handedly beat Team USA. Let's just say hypothetical world. He drops, drops 30 on Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, and Josh Hart's collective heads. And he comes into next season super confident. He's much improved. He's balling out. But he's still clearly the third banana behind Brunson behind Randall, maybe even sometimes fourth behind Emmanuel quickly. Like RJ has always seemed like the ultimate good soldier and someone, and this is, I guess, kind of just a credit to both his pedigree and his confidence. Feels like no matter how bad he's doing, he's finding a way to get 15 shots up in any single game. So maybe I'm overrating this as an issue, but is there a world where RJ like comes out of this season and says like, Hey, maybe I want my own situation. Maybe I want my own team and not even necessarily as the first guy, but just in this team that's increasingly deep now has like nine guys or I guess not maybe like seven because I don't really count Hardenstein and Mitch, but seven guys were legitimately going to demand touches, legitimately going to demand shots. Like, is there a world where the Knicks are almost hurt by their own success and have some chemistry issues? And, and maybe that's a bigger question. But to me, that that's kind of my thought on how this could go wrong. I guess. But I also think that if if RJ balls out that hard and like, let's be clear, like Team Canada for all the hype and they do have a lot of talent, has never really done anything in international play. No. <laughs> but they also never really get all their guys together. So. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if, if they really show out and they, you know, they they meld together and find the chemistry and everything else, then, you know, maybe there's a world where uh, if that does happen, that then the Knicks use that to parlay trading RJ for that big star that they want. You know what I mean? And that's – so I, I don't see any way that could possibly be a negative. It, you know, if it does lead to RJ getting kind of restless, then – you just say, hey, man, like, you know, just show, you know, just show out on the court. Always hold your minutes down. If you play good enough, Tibbs won't bench you down the stretch of games and stuff, which I know can probably be frustrating for RJ at times. But, you know, if he plays well enough, then just they could be like, hey, you play well enough. Like, we're trying to maybe, you know, get another <laughs> a different guy in here. Uh, so if you play well enough, we'll trade you for that guy. And then you can, you know, you can have that team. Uh, if you want your own team or whatever, but I don't know. I, I always wonder how those conversations go like in front offices or, you know, coaching offices or whatever, but, um, or if those things are sort of just left unsaid or just said between players or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could see a world where maybe he gets a little grumpy, but if, if that happens and you just, I mean, you kind of could just say, well, sorry, dude, like this is your first year off your rookie deal and you just signed a big extension. So just gonna have to play here for a bit and maybe we'll work something out down the line. But you know, I, I, I think no matter what, I think if he ends up balling out that much and it, and it affects him in the NBA this coming season, then that can only be good for the Knicks because then that's kind of what they want anyway. And then they wouldn't even want to trade him. So, and he could probably find a way to reasonably 
play with Julius Randle and and you know they they could find some sort of symbiosis together hopefully which they those two unfortunately have been the guys that have had the hardest time finding consistent like on off uh uh symmetry and whatever in the in their time on the Knicks but I don't know I guess we'll see yeah, that was that was kind of my attempt at a galaxy brain take. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I do think like not not to predict ill on the Knicks, but they've on the whole had like just exceptionally good regular season injury luck under Tom Thibodeau. Maybe I'm forgetting something major like there could be a 30 game stretch where RJ has to like be like the number one or the number two guy. There could be a 30 game stretch where quickly has to do that. There could be a long stretch where Grimes has to put up like closer to 20 points per game or, or at least like attempt to do that. Um, so I think all these guys will get their chances. I think it will all work out. And I think the New York Knicks are in a fantastic position. I'll, I'll finish on that happy note. Um, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. Uh, we'll have plenty more next week for you on Locked on Knicks.